0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. Week zero is in the books, okay? We had some intriguing matchups. College football is here. It's going to really kick up on Thursday going into Friday and then a huge slate on Saturday going into the weekend. But Jay, first thoughts, week zero, what are we thinking?
1: Uh, how about Scott Frost having the hottest seat in college football already? Uh, and also, the absolute scenes in Dublin. Uh, I have a buddy who was actually over there. Shout out to my guy, Pete Carroll, uh, incredible MMA writer and journalist. Uh, he was at the game in Dublin, and he said that whenever the... Uh, when it, the fact that the the internet or whatever was going on with the card reader, when that happened, and they started giving out free pints, the atmosphere just was incredible. Uh, they had a lot of fun over there in Dublin, but it was a it was a very exciting game. I mean, do we do we talk about that onside kick decision?
0: Okay, so I I have I have many thoughts. Okay, and Jay, I'm a guy that always says, you know, if it works. If it works, you'll look like a genius. If it doesn't work, then you know you look like the go- uh, the goat. A bad the bad term of a goat, not, not this new yeah. goat, not the new term. Not greatest um, of all time.: Yeah, not that. But no, I, I can't defend that at all. It, I understand what he's saying. Like we, had a, we, we wanted to put them away right there. But why? You had all the momentum. Only bad could come of this.
1: Here's what I'm going to compare that to. It's like in UFC when a guy kind of rocks his opponent and just Mm -hmm. goes in swinging like a madman instead of being patient, and then he himself gets caught and finished. That is exactly what happened here. Nebraska has their opponents on the rope. Instead of being smart about it, they decided, oh, well, we're just going to rush in swinging haymakers uh, with the onside kick. And wouldn't you know it, Northwestern recovered it. And the momentum of the game completely turned at that moment. And there was a few momentum swings during the game, but, I mean, you can point to that onside kick and say, that decision very well could have cost Nebraska the game. And I'm sure there was something on film, I mean, you know, I've I've been part of special teams meetings where you know if if a team gives you a certain look, you you hit that onside kick. But up eleven, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't know about that at all. And this could be a deal where the kicker had the freedom to to make that decision. But I, I and I, I just I I can't justify that decision up eleven, uh, basically giving Northwestern a chance to get back
0: in the game. Yeah, I mean, listen. Even if the kicker saw something and Scott Frost is taking the heat for it, you know, um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, the, the other thing a, I'll
1: say about that is if, if there's a coached scenario where, where you're giving that green light, it's the, you, there's still a certain point in the game where the coaching staff has to take that green light away.
0: Right. And I think hey, in that scenario, yep. Like, hey, no, uh, hey, d- don't don't do your initial read. Uh, just do what we nor- do what we normally do. Um, there was a point in that game, I believe it was in the fourth that I just thought, oh, Nebraska's gonna run away with this. you know, like th- this this game's over. And then we ended up, I think well, Casey Thompson threw a pick. I think it was a deflected pick. And then Northwestern went right down and scored, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, <laughs> this is yeah, this is Nebraska. Um, I don't know. It's just this team just finds ways to lose that I, I saw West Virginia Twitter saying that they feel bad for Nebraska. <laughs> and and that's a fan base that's gone through a lot. Um but I, f- I just I, don't, I don't,
1: feel bad for Nebraska. I do not feel
0: bad for Scott Frost.
1: <laughs> I'll put it that way.
0: I feel bad for their fans. I really do. Yeah. Those are loyal fans who, who didn't deserve this. Um Scott Frost comes off as a little he comes off a little bit as a uh not not a jerk. I'm trying to put this
1: No, he does. he's uh he is yeah. your stereotypical option quarterback, I think.
0: Yeah. Kinda <laughs> Kind of jockish.
1: Yeah. Kind of jockish. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, uh, Nebraska, as the season goes on in the Big Ten West, they are in trouble because their defensive line did not look great against uh, Northwestern's offensive line. Uh, and I tell you what, Evan Hole had a pretty impressive game as well. I was really impressed with him running the ball. I mm-hmm. uh, Talk about a, a little spark plug back there. I mean, not the biggest guy, but he is strong, and he makes some good cuts.
0: Yeah, Northwestern's offensive line was dominating. Okay, absolutely dominating. Um, Nebraska in the trenches. They started off, that first drive was beautiful. Uh, Casey Thompson had time, and it, it was almost like, a, hey, this is, I think collectively the entire college football world said, this is what we've been waiting for from Nebraska. <laughs> they finally figured it out. And then as time went on, they weren't protecting Casey Thompson. They And then on the defense side of the ball, they were not getting any type of pass rush. Northwestern you know, conditioned out. It was like they out-conditioned them. And the whole, like the pictures online of the holes that Evan Hall was running through were were astronomical.
1: I think uh, what you're seeing there is it's hard to have a, a strong gas tank when you throw up 10 to 15 times per practice.
0: And yeah, I love the
1: shot. Yeah. I love the shot that uh, Northwestern's offensive line coach took after the game. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter.
0: No, no. I know something was said, but I didn't see. He, it. So he, I think he tweeted that we only had
1: three or four vomits the whole two days, or okay. the whole of camp.
0: <laughs> oh man, I love it. Um, oh, beautiful. So here's here, here's here's my last thing before we move on. I think Northwest, or sorry, I think Nebraska can still have a good year.
1: I think so, too. Uh, you know, obviously, Casey Thompson struggled a little bit in that second half, but there were still some bright spots. Uh, they ha- I mean, I liked – there were some drops, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, those interceptions were catchable balls. Mm-hmm. Like, Casey Thompson's receivers could have bailed him out there. Uh, but, you know, when, when I look at the receivers, there's still a lot of talent there, too. Uh, I forget the kid's name. That's the LSU transfer that – I think Palmer – uh, uh i think so I think his last name's palmer but Palmer. Oh, I mean, yes it like is a, it is yes palmer he looked like a physical specimen out there i mean that's that's a tough matchup for anybody mm-hmm. uh so there, there's some things and you know obviously there's there were some variables in this game that made it a little more difficult right you're playing overseas uh mm-hmm. there's some some scenario that you're not really used to we'll see if once nebraska gets back they settle down a little bit, kind of get into a rhythm, and and maybe uh, make some changes in their philosophy to to have a better better end of the season after a disappointing start.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, really quick, uh, probably the the biggest highlight from that UNLV game, uh, fair or foul, the turnover. Uh, I love the turnover slot, slot machine. machine. Big fan of that.
1: Uh, yeah. But hey. You know, uh, I, I realize that they're supposed to do that against the FCS program in Idaho State, but I think uh, whenever we were on Weekend Winners, I mentioned UNLV as a team, that I kind of wanted to see uh, what mm-hmm. they did on Saturday. Uh, and they they went out and they took care of business. I mean, it, it's, again, it's an FCS program that you're supposed to beat handily, but I think this is a, a UNLV team that could could shock some opponents in the Mountain West when they get into conference play.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, and, and Matt, uh i remember matt matt sprouse they can keep from group. building on this uh obviously
1: you don't want to read in
0: oh i lost you and then you came back uh-oh no you, I see you got me? me oh yeah i got okay you, <laughs> you went, you, you, went into the ma- you went you went into the matrix for like a i solid disappeared into the ether yeah. right uh, anyway continue what, what, what were you saying
1: I uh, honestly, I was just saying that uh, UNLV is a team that I think could shock some people in the Mountain West later in conference play.
0: Yeah, and you know what, Matt Sprouse, when we had him on from um, Group of Five Guys, a uh, great podcast by the way, um, he was saying UNLV is a team to kind of watch for them these next uh, these next few years. You know, playing at the the Raiders um, the Raiders Arena or Stadium, um, you, you, you know, I think it's going to be very easy to have to to convince. Uh, 18, 19-year-old kids to play football in, in Las Vegas. So, but that's – but, yeah, UNLV, they're a team possibly on the rise.
1: Yeah. Uh, the next game down on the list from Zero Week, UConn and Utah State. Uh, you know, for a second I really thought UConn was back. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you what, they played a much more physical brand of football than they have in the past mm-hmm. few years. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if Jim Mora gets a couple
0: wins for UConn this year. Yeah, yeah, Utah State is is no slouch here. Okay, like okay, they had, they had an eleven point. It's an eleven point loss for UConn, but like you said, they played like they had an identity. You know, they they played a, a tougher brand of football. I listen, it's a loss. There are no moral victories, but how bad it's been for UConn. That's a promising. that that, that is a very that is a silver lining in especially
1: playing on the road at elevation.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Again, Utah State, not the easiest place to play either. That's a that's a sneaky tough place to play. Yeah. Um uh, this is a game that I think both of us watched probably a decent amount. Um Illinois, Wyoming. Um Illinois. <laughs> Britt Bielema, man. Um, listen, I know it's Wyoming, um, and I know Wyoming isn't what Wyoming was three, four years ago. But Tommy DeVito looked good. Chase Brown in that running attack. Illinois is going to be a tough matchup.
1: Yeah, and I mean Chase Brown looked fantastic, and I mean it, yeah. it's what you expect from a, a Belham team. Uh, they they ran the ball. They were really physical, and you know they took advantage of a Wyoming team that's kind of been plagued by the transfer bug, but. Uh, it was, I was in on Wyoming, so I was really impressed uh, by the performance Illinois
0: had. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and again, I think that the Big Ten West is getting better. It really is. Northwestern looks like they're they're kind of hitting a stride. Illinois looks okay, and again, like we talked about with Jeff uh, Jeffrey the Greek, the West from top to bottom, there there's a lot more parity. The East in that Big Ten, you have, you have your top three teams. The fourth team's very good. And then you have Maryland, who's an enigma, and then there's a drop-off with Rutgers and, and Indiana. the So yeah. there is a lot more parity in the West where I feel like anyone can beat anybody. Um, and it's,
1: it's just, I mean, like you said, there's no, there's no easy games. There's no, you, can, no. you can't circle anything on the calendar and say, oh, we're going to get some, some uh, backup reps in here.
0: Right. No. And again, that's where you, in the big 10, you play nine conference games. You play nine. Okay. Um, against teams that know you very well. So it's, it, it is tough. It is tough, but no, I, I liked everything I saw from Illinois. Brett Beal look, every he's looking like a, I know they didn't make a bowl last year, but he, it's really looking like they, that it's going to be a, a home run higher for that program. Yeah. Um, here's one uh, that I know you're a little disappointed in Jay uh, Charlotte and Florida Atlantic. Uh, f- this game was not even close. Uh, Florida Atlantic, I think could have beat them by more. Uh, the cozy Perry looked really good. Uh, Florida Atlantic under Willie Taggart, man. They look, they look good. They look good. Charlotte did not. Charlotte looked lost on offense.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Charlotte was a team that I expected to have a, a pretty solid year in Conference USA before uh, making their way to the American. Uh, I'm still impressed with Reynolds at quarterback. I think he was a, a tough son of a gun out there. Uh, obviously injured his shoulder early on in the game and and fought to stay in, but uh, he, he didn't get much help from his receivers out there. There was quite a few drops. Uh, no drops. Uh, and like like you said, man, and Cozy Perry, I mean, he looked fantastic out there. And you know, after that game, it's it's hard not to pick uh Florida Atlantic as the, the team to beat in conference USA. I think uh I think we may be seeing them in UNT in the uh in the championship game, depending on what UTSA does uh week one. We're still gonna see them, but uh that, that Florida Atlantic team
0: looked good. Yeah, they did. Looked really good. Um let it scroll down here. This is one that you and I were looking forward to. We both had the over. It, it did not hit. Um, listen, I, I paid more attention early in this game. I had to kind of go back. Um, but UTEP and North Texas, early in that football game, that was a good, hard hitting game. UTEP connected on some long passes, on some uh, one on ones that they took advantage of. North Texas looked really good. Um, I think what. What was it, Gavin Hardison? Gavin Hardison looked really good um, for the Mean Green. And then I flipped over to Hawaii Vanderbilt, and I go back and North Texas just wiped the floor with them. A little disappointed in the UTEP um, there from last night.
1: Yeah, and I mean the Sun Bowl had a good good environment going in that game. Fans it were did, excited, didn't it? Uh, and it was. I mean, it, it's got to be disappointing. Uh, obviously. You know, the overnight hitting was was not great for us personally. But, you know, like you said, there was a good defensive battle and, and UTEP got into the red zone early in the game. Yep. But UNT really buckled down uh, and, and kept them from advancing and, and UTEP just wasn't able to finish drives. And that obviously came back to haunt them later in the game. Uh, North Texas missing four receivers. Uh, is something that we didn't realize, obviously. I don't think we would have taken that over uh, had we known that. Thanks for releasing that information early, UNT. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it, it was it was a good performance for North Texas, really built off that momentum uh, from the 2021 season there at the end where they rattled off uh, a bunch of wins in a row. Uh, so I, I think there will be a team to watch in Conference USA. Uh, obviously, you still have a few other programs in the West that will make it a little tougher uh like utsa that we mentioned Mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll see what happens in that conference uh i think it's a four horse race north texas utep or sorry north texas utsa florida atlantic and uab uh Mm -hmm. but we'll we'll see what happens and what what plays out but uh, i was impressed with on from uh from north texas but like you said man hardison from utep had some good throws too so yeah, we'll see if maybe uh, UTEP's able to to finish some drives later in the season and and get a few more wins.
0: No, absolutely, and it's like like you said, the Sun Belt was kind of popping. They had a good crowd there. I think there's some little bit. Uh, there was a little bit of optimism going in to this year, um, but again, they left at least at least ten points on the board. You know especially early they could have had a 10, a ten point lead um, right and on that K-10. can completely
1: not- change the trajectory of a game
0: exactly you had a, a snap snap over the quarterback's head um it's just not and again there you know that may again it, it's very easy to go back and say hey these are the points they, they could have had you know but you know with 10 of the points it, that that game's 31 23. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's it, it could could have been a, a little bit of a different story, but I was very impressed with North Texas. No, Florida Atlantic as well. Two teams in the Conference USA. You've been you've been kind of hyping the North Texas train, but um, those are two teams that kind of really impressed me there.
1: Yeah, uh, a couple of FCS, FBS matchups for the ACC you can't really draw too much from Florida State or or North Carolina yeah, beating no. Duquesne and Florida A&M, respectively. Although I will say uh, Florida A&M was, was kind of hanging with North Carolina late into that game.
0: Early uh, – until, until
1: the fourth quarter.
0: The, the second quarter, um, North Carolina was only up seven. And I sat on the cou- my couch. It was deep in the ter- – it was deep with like a minute to go. And I said – Run the football. Get out. You're down seven. Or sorry, you're only down seven. Be happy being down seven. Ran a look like a smash route. Cornerback read it perfectly. Got under the corner. Picked off. And then North Carolina scores another touchdown yeah. right, before, right before halftime to kind of take the wind out of the sails. But yeah, Florida AM, they had all this, all these distractions, all these guys ineligible. Um, Couldn't play and still kind of held their own with North Carolina, and then North Carolina, you know, just out Jimmy and Jodum at the end.
1: Yep, Uh, another game that we had some action on: uh, Nevada and New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State jumping out to a really two nothing lead. My my one of my favorite scores in all of college football, uh, Mm -hmm. obviously for for defensive reasons. Uh, Nevada then rattled off seventeen straight uh to, to kind of control the game from there, but uh it was it was more of a fight out of New Mexico State, I think, than I anticipated. Uh holding holding the Wolfpack scoreless in the first quarter is a is a win for them in my mind.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, and, and we spoke about this uh when we were talking about group five, you know, um Nevada lost a lot. Lost a coach, lost guys to the portal. This is a year that I, I don't think a lot of people have any real expectations for nevada i still took the over four and a half um and i i did think new mexico state did put up a fight but i don't know if that's because new mexico state is better or if nevada is just bad um i think the real test for nevada is going to come next week um when they play texas state because i think texas state is going to be a good solid football team in the Sun Belt.
1: Yeah, and that was again talking about the group of five guys, a team that they they really were in on. But uh while we while we have Nevada in the Mountain West, you already mentioned this game, let's head out to the islands and talk about uh Vanderbilt Hawaii, our our oh last my. our our final game of the of week zero.
0: So our friend Jay or sorry, our friend Joe, who we do weekend winners with, um, which comes out every Saturday morning. Um, our friend, our good friend, Joe said he went on the FPI indicator. Now Hawaii was a nine point underdog. He goes on the indicate and he says, well, the indicator says Hawaii has a 73% chance to win. Now, if you roll back the tape, Jay, do you remember what I said?
1: That scares the hell out of me.
0: That scares the hell out of me because that makes me think. Everyone's put money on Hawaii to cover. And I said, I have Hawaii, but that right there makes me want to put money on Vanderbilt. Now, opening drive, Hawaii scores. And I'm thinking, oh, I made some money. You know, okay, maybe I can breathe a little easy. Now, I'm an older person. I fell asleep at halftime. Hawaii's down 11. I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens in the second half. I woke up and... I saw yep. Vanderbilt scored, what, 63 points? Um, yep. Listen, Hawaii's not good, okay? Timby Chang, I- I'm interested to see how they do this. But, man, I-, I listen, I don't think Vanderbilt's good, but I think Vanderbilt could upset someone this year. I think they could sneak up on someone.
1: I mean, look, right quarterback for Vanderbilt is an explosive, you know, athlete. And I mean you get somebody like that under center and it can be uh a little testy at times. But man, I just you know, I was really expecting more out of Hawaii. Uh and it was it was a close game in the halftime. I mean, you're looking at it, it's 21-10. I mean, eleven points, it's still manageable. We saw Northwestern come down come back from down eleven. Uh, but the thirty five points in the third quarter, unanswered. I mean, that's uh you can't come back twice. for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, scored. They scored twice. Um, you know, then then they had the fumble recovery. Um, but yeah, it was um, Vanderbilt again. I think Hawaii's not good. Okay, they're really not. They they're going through a lot. Todd Graham. Uh, you know, took a blowtorch to a, a lot of the progress. And I, I feel gave. terrible for Hawaii about that. Yeah.
1: And it was kind of their mistake for deciding to
0: hire Todd Graham in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I, I don't know how that man keeps getting jumped. But, you know, Jay, you all, were right. That, that Hawaii team came out with some fire. Um, you know, they're going to fight. Hawaii's going to fight for Timmy Chang. Um, they came out looking really good. And, you know, I think Vanderbilt laid – there was a couple blocks that were just devastating, like yeah. giant blocks that just got depleted. guys. That
1: 87-yard run that Mike Wright had with uh, there with was a depleter on that one. Yeah, that was Vandy, violent.
0: I'm telling you, Vandy could upset somebody. I don't know if they're going to win any games in the SEC, but I think they're going to be close. I think, I think this program, just by that win, has took a big step forward
1: i'll put it this way i i don't see them uh scrapping and barely beating uconn at home this year
0: yeah no absolutely not but hey you never know uconn looked a lot better too
1: that's true that's true very sure. very true
0: so let's get into the games that are going to be happening this week. oh
1: before before we before we oh. get in i do have to have my one stat line that uh, oh yes was mentioned on twitter uh so shout out to SB Nation uh, Vanderbilt, I believe. Uh, let me let me make sure I get the name of them right, uh, since I'm I'm using their tweet. Anchorofgold.com. Uh, shout out to Vanderbilt SB Nation. The last time Vanderbilt scored sixty three in a football game, <gasps> Mac Brown. Yes, that Mac <laughs> Brown was a running back on the Vanderbilt freshman team
0: that is outrageous
1: incredible incredible little statistic there so thank you anchor of gold.com
0: that's absolutely outrageous um also i do want to correct myself i uh i said the wrong quarterback for north texas austin Eun. was it Aun or
1: own on? on i think on on
0: okay austin on Looked really – that was the quarterback. He looked really good. I said Hardison, and that was UTEP's quarterback. But, yeah, Austin on looked very good at quarterback for North Texas. Um, very interested to see them. Now, we got the games coming on this week. A big-time a big time Thursday doubleheader. No, not a doubleheader. Two games on at the pretty much the same exact time. The backyard brawl, West Virginia is going two pit, and then you also have Penn State at Purdue. Um, the typical ESO oh, Fox is gonna have a game on Thursday, and then ESPN says, Yeah, we're gonna match that with the backyard brawl. Um
1: no problem for me. I have two TVs.
0: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna go I have YouTube TV now, so I can watch uh two games at once. Hey,
1: great investment
0: great investment. Um okay, so let's talk about the backyard brawl first since I think that that is the more the premier game on Thursday even though pepperoni
1: a- rolls versus pierogies.
0: Pepperoni rolls versus pierogies, the mountains versus the bridges. Um rivers versus coal.
1: I was going to say steel versus coal, but
0: oh, steel. That. Yeah, that's a lot better. Steel versus coal. Absolutely, yeah. Um <laughs> Anyway, two teams that do not like each other, two fan bases that absolutely despise each other. Pitt thinks they're better than West Virginia. West Virginia hates Pitt because they are elitists. Um, Listen, I think Pitt is going to win this football game. I hate it. I hate that I have to say it. West Virginia is a seven-point underdog. I just think that West Virginia has too many – Too many new faces to start this early against uh, a Pitt offense that, yeah, loses their best receiver. They lose Kenny Pickett, great quarterback. But I just think that in the week one, they're going to catch them. I don't think West Virginia is going to be the same. Like the West Virginia we're going to see on Thursday is not going to be the same West Virginia team we see later in the year. And I think for that reason, I think Pitt wins this one. Uh as I say that with a West Virginia hat on. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think those losses of, of Pickett and, and Addison are going to be huge for Pitt. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what Desmond Howard was thinking having Texas A&M in his, his final playoff still four, still let alone. But, I mean, Pitt also in his final four is absolutely wild. Uh, I, I appreciate the vote of confidence for him on Texas A&M, but – I don't. I don't know what world Pitt is making the playoff in. They're not the uh, fourth
0: best team in the ACC.
1: No, I think. I think they're going to run into some problems in the ACC this year. But we'll, we'll get to that at some fourth. point. They
0: might be the fourth best team in the ACC.
1: They. Uh, might West, here. Here's what the way I see this game going. It's going to be tight down to the wire. Uh, Pat Narduzzi is going to settle for field goals, two times, and have two two misses that cost them the game when he should have gone for it on fourth down. I'm predicting that right now. West oh, really? Virginia wins because of Pat Narduzzi settling for field goals when he should have just gone for it.
0: Oh, man, I wish I'm speaking
1: that, that into the universe.
0: I wish that's the case. I really do. I really, truly do. No one deserves it more than Pat Narduzzi. Um,
1: <laughs> I know how you feel about him. Don't get me
0: started. Okay. Um, Purdue, Penn State. Listen, I have said since the summer that I thought this is a game, but Penn State's going to lose. Penn State always starts off on the road in the Big Ten. It seems like for the past thirteen out of fourteen years. Um, the longer this goes on, the more confident I feel. Um, I think Penn State is is really good in the secondary. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be really good up front. I think they have a great rotation, and I think Purdue's defense with the loss of Kurloftis this is not going to be as good as people think it is. And I think Penn state actually matches up better against Purdue than I originally thought. So I know the line is only, I think Penn state three and a half right now, uh, or uh, away favorites. Listen, Ross aid is going to be, that's going to be jumping. There's going to be a lot of people there. I think they got the blackout going on, but, um, I do think Penn State gets away. I do believe Penn State walks away with this with a win. I think it's close all game, but I think Penn State um, scores late to go up double digits.
1: This game terrifies me. I'm glad I'm not a Penn State fan. Uh, I I will be staying away from this as far as betting action goes, but uh, I could see this playing out for either team. Uh, Obviously, the home field advantage is going to come into play for Purdue. Uh, like you said, I mean, that place is getting Ross eight is going to be jumping, uh, Penn state has the better Jimmies and Joes. Uh, it's, it's just uh, a question of execution. Uh, and you know, Thursday night kick first game of the year on the road, that can be tough. We saw Ohio state struggle with Minnesota last year, similar circumstance. Uh, I think Penn state wins, but I'm very glad to not be a Penn state fan for this game.
0: Hey, listen. It does scare me. Like, listen. I'm not. I mean, listen. It, it, this ain't no. This isn't gonna be no walk in the park. Obviously, you know, Purdue. Purdue's a good football team. Um, Purdue loses a lot at receiver. Penn State's strength on their defense is gonna be that um, that secondary. Um, linebackers are a little shaky. Defensive line, though, I, I'm telling you, they lose a ketty But they get Chop Robinson from Maryland, who can fill that void. P.J. Mustapher is back. Adisa Isaac, who didn't play a snap last year, is back. Um, If Penn State's offensive line can just be average, I do believe Penn State comes out with this win. The only way Penn State doesn't is if Purdue controls the line of scrimmage with their defensive line. Um, But, no, I will say last year, you said about Ohio State struggling. Freshman, freshman quarterback. Thursday night game plus And Walls. freshman
1: quarterback in the rain.
0: Freshman quarterback in the rain at Minnesota. Tough place. Sean Clifford's been here before. Uh, the, he's going into his sixth year. He, he knows what's expected. And I like that this is a Thursday night game in the beginning of the year and not a Friday night game. Um, you know, in week four or five. Yeah. But I do, I do like, I do like Penn state. And I do, I do think this team has a a chip on their shoulder. Like, Hey, we got something to prove kind of like what we saw early last year.
1: All right. Uh, Next one up, Oregon and Georgia. Uh, First of all, I think we both agree that uh, playing this game in Atlanta, a quote unquote neutral site.
0: Right. But, not Ban. really,
1: because it's in Atlanta.
0: Ban, uh, yeah, this... it's it's the neutral site. It's band neutral site games. Yeah, it's it's all there's. Uh, but
1: I mean, come on, man! Athens is one of the best college towns in the country, and you're choosing to play this game in Atlanta. Which, I mean, I love Atlanta as a as a sports city, especially for you know an SEC team. If you're an SEC fan living in Atlanta, fantastic place to be.
0: Absolutely. But,
1: but, I mean, come on, play the game in Athens. Uh, there's a few storylines here that I'm interested in. Obviously, Georgia's losing a lot on defense. N'Kobe Dean, uh, I think, is going to be a huge loss for the Bulldogs. Uh, Oregon, you know, Dan Lanning coming from Georgia, he's got a little little history there. Uh, so that that's something that I kind of want to see play out. Uh, I just don't think Oregon has the uh, athletes to keep up with Georgia at this stage. I think uh Georgia's gonna win. Gonna be a low scoring game, but I see the dogs on top.
0: I just saw I have to double check, and, and I, I, know, I know you and I before we said we weren't gonna get too much in the lines because that's what weekend winners is for. But the line right now is minus 17 and a half. Which is can wild. we get a can we get a double check? Because CJ, I agree with you. I agree. I think this is gonna be more of a low scoring game, ground and pound type of football here something that Oregon you know isn't really known for and i think Oregon's a good team but i got i got i got to double check this here um let me see yeah minus 17 georgia i i'm going to see where this line goes um i do think georgia wins this football game but i think 17 and a half is a lot it's a lot, which again makes me feel is, is Georgia that good? Is, is Georgia still that good, where they can just blow out Oregon? I don't know.
1: It's uh interesting to say the least. Uh, no. I just I don't see Oregon having the horses, but I mean they pulled a huge upset last year against Ohio State, so they did. Who knows? Who knows?
0: They did. Um. All right, next game, a game that's kind of been thrown to the side a little bit. Okay, these are um, a Power 5 versus a group of five, probably the best group of five, Uh, Cincinnati at Arkansas. Soon-to-be Power 5. Soon-to-be Power 5. Again, this is at Fayetteville, Arkansas, where it should be, okay? Um, By the way, I would love a home-and-home here. Is Arkansas going to Nipper –
1: I think they are. Let me double-check that here. Double-check that. I um, know that Arkansas does have to go to to Provo later this year, so that'll be...
0: That's Yeah, that's tough. That's that'll tough. be tough. I, had Arkansas. But, uh... I have Arkansas win that game, but that's tough. Um, Listen, I think Arkansas wins this football game. I think Arkansas does it in... I don't want to say dominant fashion, but... I think this is a little bit of a I think this could be something good for Cincinnati. Okay? I think this is a game that Arkansas wins that kind of smacks Cincinnati back to earth and says you guys, you know, we we're, we're we're we not may not be as good as we think we are and we got to put our nose back to the grindstone and we got to you know, take care of business because it's not going to be just given to us. We're not going to just waltz through um the American conference um, KJ Jefferson, man. I, I think KJ Jefferson is one of the best quarterbacks in the country runs like an absolute horse. Um, this team's this Arkansas team on the Sam Pittman. The, 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 it's got some grit to it. I like Arkansas over Cincy and I'm not saying Cincy's bad, I think I just think Arkansas Arkansas is going to catch him.
1: Yeah. And uh, so this isn't a home and home. Unfortunately, Arkansas does not go to Nippert. Uh, which I think that's going to change once Cincinnati goes to the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to get these one-off visiting games. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Cincinnati loses a lot. I mean, fantastic <laughs> year for them last year, making the playoff, uh, proving a lot of data's wrong. I mean, I I think they hung with, with Alabama better than a lot of teams in that position would have, yeah. if we're being honest. But yeah. uh, Arkansas, like you said, a gritty team. K.J. Jefferson, he reminds me a little bit of Vince Young. Uh, back in the day, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, just just the running style, uh, the the more physical, uh, the more physical running style from a quarterback. Okay. Uh, but it's a it's a. Uh, I mean, this Arkansas program is just tough. They're scrappy. Uh, on defense, a lot of times they're undersized, but they just play with such ferocity. It's it's a real pleasure to watch them. They they attack offensive lines, and that's something that Cincinnati probably uh, is going to have to to be really prepared for if they're going to keep up in this game. So we'll see. Uh, but being in Fayetteville, uh, the Hog fans are going to be they're going to be whoopig suing a lot. So. Uh, there's a lot of momentum behind this program now. Fayetteville is not going to be a fun place to play anymore. Uh, you know, there's been some some games in the past where Fayetteville uh, has been, you know, the the fans, the excitement hasn't been there. But now uh, you're going to Razorback Stadium. There's some hype behind the program. That place is
0: going to be loud. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, it's good. It's nice that Arkansas is kind of back. I love Sam Pittman too. Seems like a great coach. Seems like a great guy. Um, this is a, this is a team that if they can keep punt putting out 8 9 wins a year it's going to make all the difference for that program and that those fans will keep showing up too yeah i think this is your big game this next this, one
1: this is easily my favorite uh group of 5 non-conference game of the year uh and that's Houston at UTSA it's a massive massive uh matchup for both of these programs obviously utsa is kind of the new blood in the uh the group of five uh football schools in texas they haven't been around for that long but jeff trailer is doing some great things former texas high school football coach really rallying the city of san antonio around him uh, and and that's a city that's been thirsty for football so i think they're uh, flocking to that game uh flocking to that stadium to the alamo dome uh, in droves, and, you know, it's a, a huge matchup to start the year. you got a Houston team that I think is likely to be the the best group of five team in the country this year, is, is my prediction. Uh, I think Houston has the best chance of playing spoiler. Uh, we'll find out pretty quick what they have uh, against a tough UTSA team. The line here, Houston minus four, shows you what uh, Vegas thinks of UTSA. Yeah. Uh, Frank Harris, I mean... It's a it's a very strong UTSA that you know with Sincere McCormick gone they're going to rely on on the passing game a little bit more and there are some great receivers at UTSA as well, but I, I just think Houston is a is a better team all around. I think the the Cougs come coming on top in San Antonio.
0: I know you're not going to like what I'm about to say here, <clears throat> and I actually I don't like saying it either. I think Houston might blow UTSA out. I, I honest I, I honestly believe that I think you Houston can blow this team out. Um again, I think they're riding high after <laughs> you know after last year. Um and I just think that Houston, I think, is gonna be a little bit better on defense. I don't think Utah is gonna be able or you sorry, I don't think UTSA is gonna be able to stop uh Houston. And as I say that. Jay, Jay's internet may or may not have went out. Hopefully he comes back. Um, We're going to continue on. Hopefully Jay joins us again. Um, Utah and Florida. The Utes go to the swamp. Right now, this line is sitting at three from utah utah is a three-point road favorite i i love the utes in this matchup i know billy napier is supposed to breathe new life into florida i just think florida really needs to take another year before they actually start competing um florida is just i just think they got question marks everywhere the question marks at quarterback, question marks on defense. Um, they were very undisciplined last year. So I think it's going to be – I think it's going to have to be an entire culture change here with the Florida Gators. But our friend Jay is back. So, Jay, I thought I, – I made the comment about Houston maybe blowing out UTSA and then your internet came out. I didn't know if you were that upset with me. I about. think
1: – you I think it. you really just upset my internet. So I wasn't personally that upset because I could see that game going, playing that way uh, with the athletes that Houston has. But, you know, I think my internet may just be like sponsored by UTSA. And I think they were just like, ah, oh, now we got to cut this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I cut the tail end of that. Uh, talking about Florida and Utah, obviously culture change is massively needed at Florida after the way they collapsed last season.
0: Mm-hmm. I just think Utah is just more, they're just primed to, and again, it's not going to be easy to win in the swamp, especially in week one. Um, but I just think Utah, yeah, their, their defense may have, you know, a, their defense is shaky, but that offense, I think is going to just put up major points against Florida. I really do. And with if, if Florida is also not doing so well on the offensive side of the ball. Um, just way too many question marks. I just, I like Utah. And we may have lost Jay again. This is (laughs) yep. And Jay's gone again. Uh, well, hopefully he, he picks back up, uh, for our next matchup that we'll be going over. And that's the big one here. Um, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Notre Dame is going to Columbus ticket prices in the 250 range for this matchup. Uh, two blue blood programs going against each other. Um, Ohio State is currently a 17 and a half point favorite here. Ohio State, 17 and a half point favorites at the horseshoe. Two blue blood programs going against each other. Um, I, I don't, I don't like Notre Dame's chances, but I also feel like this is going to be a close game. I don't know. I, I don't. If you're going to bet on this, I, I advise not betting on this football game.
1: I uh, I actually think Ohio State's going to blow them out. I think the the talent wow. on offense is just too much for Notre Dame. Uh, and I'm also trying to speak as fast as I can before my internet goes out again. So if you'll excuse me, uh, I'm I'm apologized for the technical issues that I happen to be having right now. Uh, but Notre Dame obviously uh, is is expected to be a near contender for the playoff. I think what are they ranked? Number five going in. Five. But yeah. with 17 and a half, I mean they're playing at at Ohio Stadium in Columbus. I just. I think Ohio State has too many weapons. I just don't think Notre Dame has the horses to keep up. There's no Kyle Hamilton back there playing center field for Notre Dame this year.
0: Yeah, uh, do you want to make a comment about Utah, Florida? Uh, I
1: else? have the Utes. I have the Utes in the playoffs. So yeah, that that's shows you how how high I am on that team. It'll be tough. It'll be tough to go on the road and win in Gainesville. The swamp is is a place where a lot of teams' dreams go to die. Uh, so you know, it, it's going to be. It's going to be a good contest. I just uh, – I think Utah comes out on top.
0: No, definitely. Uh, I think Florida just has way too many question marks on their team, and Utah is just they, – they, they have a lot more answers. Um, they have a lot more they, – they have um, they have enough people where they know where they fit in, more of an identity. Um, No, I I don't know. I just feel like I, – I listen, I had Ohio State win the whole thing, but I just feel like first game of the year – Notre Dame. I think this game is going to be a little bit closer, but I do agree. I think Ohio State is just. I think Ohio State is going to be too good. Um. Now, Sunday night college football. Florida State at LSU. This game's playing at New Orleans. Um. Again, hate it. Tiger Stadium. It, I. Ugh, I hate. Oh, ban. I'm going to say it. Until it stops, ban neutral site games. Every college football fan loves, loves when the games are on campus, hates when they're in these soulless, money making stadiums. H- absolutely hate it. And I love New Orleans. I love New Orleans. <laughs> but man, play it at Tiger Stadium. These are two teams that want to get back on the right track. Uh, two programs that are, I mean, if, if if you don't want to say blue blood, the, they're right on the cusp of it. Um, I think it's fair to say that these are two of the premier programs in college football. That LSU won a national title three years ago, and it feels like forever ago. That's how I think low they are right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that this. Uh, you know, if you say Florida State versus LSU, you would not expect this to be a matchup between two unranked teams, right? Exactly. Like need one of these teams made the top 25 obviously preseason rankings don't mean that much in the long run uh but yeah get this get this out of uh new orleans go to tiger stadium go to death valley play the game there it would be a lot more enjoyable experience uh with that being said i think lsu just has the better horses uh even with brian kelly gonna probably having a little bit of an adjustment period in Baton rouge uh, i just think lsu has so much talent uh, and they're going to be a, a tough team to beat.
0: Yeah, I think. I think Brian Kelly stepping into LSU. It, it's. I think we we said it. It's like a dump. It was a dumpster fire, like everything's on fire. But I don't think it really is right now. I think with Brian Kelly coming in, I think he's really put out a lot of the the doubt. And I'm not saying this team's going to win double digits, but I do think LSU's in a pretty good place. Florida State, listen, they looked decent last year, you know, but I don't know. I It's, well, it's the sorry.
1: consistency from Florida State.
0: Florida State looked good in that open game. Yeah. Where you thought, hey, <laughs> they, they figured it out. Again, very similar to Nebraska at Northwestern, but instead of um, – you know, and Florida State played Notre Dame and uh, Nebraska played Northwestern. But two very similar things where Florida State last year looked like, hey, they might pull this off. Um, and then towards the end of the year, it just fell apart again. Um, I think LSU's in a better spot right now. I do. And I, I think I'll, I'll take the Tigers in this one. Um, what's this – again, what's this line here to kind of keep an eye on? Uh, LSU by three. It's eh, They're thinking it's going to be close. I you think LSU. You know,
1: you know, NOLA is going to be just stacked with LSU fans. It's oh, an, it's played at a neutral site, but this is going to be a LSU home game.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, Jay, any other games that you could see that are a little bit um, that you think are worthy of maybe a sneaky good game to kind of catch?
1: Uh, I mean, for me personally, you know, I have to watch the Texas A and M Sam Houston game. Just being a Texas A&M guy, uh, but Sam Houston is, you know, perennially one of the better FCS programs. Is- they they are always up there in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I have a feeling that that could be a sloppy first half that a lot of A&M fans are upset about uh, for a game that could actually be a good game. That I'm looking at East Carolina, NC State. Yeah. Uh, I think East Carolina is going to be a surprising team uh, in the uh, in the American Conference. Uh, NC State is obviously a team that a lot of people have pegged to to compete for the ACC title this year. Uh, this game is played in Greenville, in, uh, in I know uh, at A.C.U. So they, they, it could get a little bit interesting there. Uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, other than that, uh, I have my eye on Colorado State, not because I think they're going to beat Michigan, but just because I want to see what that team does this year. Yep. Uh, but you know, going up and down the uh, the ranks of the games. I think the ones that we covered are, are pretty much the the ones that are going to be worth watching. Other than that, uh, that that NC State East Carolina game that I mentioned.
0: Yeah, NC State East Carolina again in Greenville. Those fans are pretty hostile. when When that when that stadium fills, um, that's a that's a tough environment to play in. Uh, those fans really get after it. Big time party school, East Carolina.
1: Uh, you know, you know uh, One other uh, game in the state that I forgot to mention: uh, Appalachian State, North Carolina. I think yes. that could be a, a fun matchup.
0: I, I think App. I think Appalachian State's going to beat them. I really do. I think. I think we're seeing that again, not because of what happened with Florida A and M. I, I said this at the end of last year. I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of Mac Brown in college football. I think he had a great resurgence with with those North Carolina teams, but I, I think it's. Um, I think it's I, I think it's going to be coming to an end. I think yeah. at the end of this year he's going to ride into the sunset. Yeah,
1: and then the the final game that I kind of looked at as maybe one that uh, could be worth tuning into that's a little under the radar is Army Coastal Carolina. Uh, in a oh. lot of ways, yeah, Coastal Carolina is a triple option team, but they use uh, the RPOs and mm-hmm. and different ways of, of creating that option football right uh army is the the classical option football team and yeah. uh I, th- I think this is gonna be a fun contest that lines at minus two and a half for uh for coastal in, in conway so you know vegas thinks it's gonna be a close game i think that's one worth tuning into
0: mm-hmm. absolutely and lastly um memphis mississippi state uh last year mississippi state kind of got screwed this game is going to be in starkville um, I think Mississippi state's going to be out for some blood. I don't think Memphis is going to be really that good. Uh, Mississippi state has a very experienced quarterback and will Rogers. Um, I think that that game is going to be a sneaky, good game. That's going to be on ESPN you. Oh, and lastly,
1: if I, if I, I can send a, uh, yeah, if I can send a, a quick announcement to the Mississippi teams, Stop playing in Memphis. This happens to Ole Miss and Mississippi State every yeah. time they go to Memphis. Y'all got to stop
0: doing that, man. <laughs> um it, it, this is one jam um, uh, this was the game I thought you were going to talk about cuz we talked about this team earlier but SMU at North Texas. Um listen, S- SMU looking for a bit of a bounce back. Yeah, you have those two Texas teams going against each other. Um actually we have two Texas matchups this year or sorry this week with Houston against UTSA and then you have SMU and North Texas. Where is Wait, where is North Texas by the way?
1: So North Texas is in Denton. Uh Denton. Denton's about 30 minutes up the road from Dallas, uh up 35. Uh so it, it oh, so is not This is, this is a this very is close far. game. no yeah this is a i know you're not great with maps uh i knew that was coming (laughs) you brought it up i had to you mentioned the uh the short drive from from uh laramie to boise yeah (laughs) just a short eight and a half hour jog Sure, no but uh uh smu north texas will be a a really fun matchup Uh, obviously smu started the year off really hot last year uh, but then kind of came crashing back down to earth uh, they're replacing Sonny Dykes, who's moved to their, probably their biggest rival on TCU. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Rhett Lashley coming in, it's still going to be a high-powered offense, I'd expect. Uh, a lot of fireworks in this game. The over is
0: 70-and-a-half for this one. So uh, you can expect fireworks. Mm, that's tempting. That's really tempting. Um, Anyway, from all of us at the Get Back, Coach, college football is here. It is in full force. We have a full slate Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday with Clemson probably going to destroy Georgia Tech and Atlanta. Uh,
1: That's a program I feel bad for too.
0: (laughs) That is a program, but we'll be talking about them more next week. Um, Anyway, from all of us here, college football is back. And as always, have a great week.